me know if this is what you woke up to this morning. Within 72 hours of a conflict breaking out over Taiwan, Chinese missile bombardments and devastating cyber attacks would begin pummeling Australia. With those exact words on the front page of nine newspapers today, you'd be forgiven for starting to dig your bunker. And yesterday's front front page story in the same newspapers, based on a panel of five experts the newspapers assembled, suggested a war with China could break out within three years. Whether you agree with those predictions or not, I want to ask you this. Should the media report on war predictions? If so, how should the media report on war predictions? And what are the potential repercussions? I'd love to hear your thoughts via the text line 0418 226 576. Tweet at RNDrive or message me via the Listen app. Joining me now is Yun Zhang, who is an Australian Institute of International Affairs China Matters Fellow, and Kevin Yam, who is a Hong Kong lawyer and democracy activist now living in Melbourne. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you, and good afternoon. Yun, I want to start with you. Do you think war with China is imminent? I personally do not think a war with China is imminent, um, no. <laughs> All right, let's unpack that a little bit. How seriously <laughs> should we take Chinese President Xi Jinping's pronouncements when he repeatedly says he wants to see the complete reunification of the motherland? Ah, that is a very good question. Um, so Xi's speech is obviously very important for outsiders to get a clue of what the Chinese government is thinking. You know, we know that uh, China has a quite opaque system, so we do need to look for signs that China, you know, might be preparing, for example, for an invasion of Taiwan. So one of the clues is Xi's speech, but. What's more important than just directly quoting him is to analyse how his quote and rhetoric has changed over time with regards to Taiwan. So often mentioned the quote, you know, we, ne- we will never promise to renounce the use of force. That has been quoted a lot uh, recently with regards to Taiwan as a sign that China may be using force uh, eminently. But in fact, that line has been used by Chinese leaders um, since Mao Zedong, in fact. So so Xi Jinping repeating that really does not represent a change um, in China's intention or a change in their timeline when it comes to Taiwan. So given that, given that you take a a longitudinal uh, look at President Xi's pronouncements, for instance, and China's uh, foreign affairs policy as a whole, what was your initial reaction to reading these front page reports by nine newspapers? Well, when I first read it, I was a little bit surprised because uh, throughout the reports, there has been uh, quite a few mentions uh, about China. Now, the, the the whole report is supposed to be about a war with China. But there's actually not that much concrete analysis on China's intentions and capability. For example, what are we supposed to be looking for uh, if we think that China was going to invade? And secondly, I was also very struck stuck, uh, by the fact that um, after reading the report, there seems to be impression that there are only three countries in the world and that is China, Australia, United States fighting over Taiwan. Now, in a possible conflict scenario over Taiwan East Asia, you would think that the considerations and actions of Japan and South Korea are 
rather important, uh, but their considerations appear to be missing in this type of analysis, or they're assumed to be fully on board with the United States when when you look at the domestic debates in those countries, um, the, the, the debates are occurring. And of course, other countries like Singapore, Indonesia, uh, barely rate a mention. Um, so I think we were missing a lot of analysis of regional partners, and that is actually out of step with the current government's priorities. Kevin, I want to bring in you in here. What did you think when you read these reports? What did you think of uh, the way the analysis was presented? I thought the problem with the analysis, there was actually not much problem in terms of the underlying analysis, in terms of uh, what the, the experts had said. The focus of the articles, if you look at the substance of them, were really about Australia's battle readiness and its defences, should there be a an, an attack or should there be a, a conflict involving China. Now, the three-year thing, it's nothing more than uh, over the years we've heard lots of Chinese government pronouncements that they hope the PLA would be ready to be in a position to invade Taiwan by around 2026-2027. Now, it wouldn't surprise me, and I, I would have thought, in fact, I think Australians should be worried if experts and our military and our intelligence officials haven't run various simulations around different scenarios with this being one of them. I think the problem is, therefore, it's not so much with the analysis itself. It's more with the emphasis of our oh, war with China within three years. It would have been preferable and more appropriate if the emphasis is you know, a little, little bit more like the sorts of reports you typically see in US broadsheets when they do this sort of scenario planning type reports that, oh, if something like this happens now, how ready Australia is. If something like this happens in three years, how ready Australia is, given its part. And in, if it happens in 10 years, how ready Australia might be by then. Uh, that would probably would have been a better focus. And uh, to be honest, that's probably how a lot of the American papers would have done it in respect of the US military. If we look at uh, the reports that have been flowing out of the, the major broadsheets there about China invasion of Taiwan, about Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the like. And what do you make of the point that Yun raised before about the absence of analysis covering South Korea's response, Japan's response? I mean, these are very, you know, we have important relationships with these countries. We are big trading partners with these countries. And presumably, uh, we would, you know, correspond with them about what we were doing as well. What do you make of the fact that they were not really, like the regional response was not covered well, that's difficult to say because what we do not know is what, to what it, because obviously we know that whenever reports get written up, only a fraction of what these experts would have said would end up being in print. And what we do not know is how much of these experts' analysis have already factored in uh, what might or might not be done by Japan and Korea. Now, obviously, it would have been nice to know some of these assumptions, but ultimately, if we, if we think, for example, about 
um, the the report that Richard Miles had received recently uh, about, uh, in relation to Australia's defence review. These are the sorts of issues that would have been covered from a very Australian perspective. And to that extent, it's not wrong to focus on Australia. I think, as I've said, the problem is more the jingoistic approach of fo- focusing on war with Taiwan in three, uh, war with China in three years. If you've just joined me, Kevin Yam is a Hong Kong lawyer and democracy activist now living in Melbourne, and Yun Jung is an Australian Institute of International Affairs China Matters fellow. Uh, both are with me talking about nine newspapers reporting of a potential imminent war with China, should the media be prosecuting hypotheticals and putting timeframes on them? The difficult questions today here on RN Drive, you can text me your thoughts on 0418 226 or tweet at RN Drive. Yun, what is the social fallout when we don't get reporting in this vein right? What are you already seeing unfold on the ground? Um, we know that the media hype on a war scenario has Uh, real domestic consequences because it can force Australians to take a rather binary position now in the absence of war. If you believe that the war is imminent, then you would expect to treat any links with China with suspicion because any links with China is assumed to be always detrimental to Australia's interests. So there's a quite binary thinking there that could lead to. And that then can, can easily lead to racism. Um, there was a recent report just a few days ago of uh, Chinese men taking photos at the Avalon Air Show. Now, anyone can take photos at the Avalon Air Show, but uh, some news media out made this out of a media story uh, because they were Chinese-looking men. And there was also recent accusations um, on social media against Sally Sito just because she's of the Chinese ethnic ethnic background and was in China at a point in time. Um, So when you have a bit of irresponsible reporting, that's the sort of things that can lead to. And we should always keep that in mind. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the, uh, the, the report in nine media will lead to that. Uh, in fact, they did talk a bit about implications for Chinese Australians, but I think that remain an afterthought. So compared to the detailed discussions of hypothetical war scenario, for example, how civil rights of Chinese Australians can be protected is not really addressed in detail, except for a one line that's saying they should be protected. Um, so when we look at the war planning scenario, we need to think beyond just a military angle, but think about the social angle as well. If we want to prepare for war, actually, if we were preparing for war, we need to prepare for a potentially divisive society. And that is really important uh, as a planning scenario as well. Kevin, just finally, uh, we are just starting to mend our trade relationship with China. We've mm-hmm. uh, seen some baby steps in the recent months uh, on in the wake of Foreign Minister Penny Wong's visit to China, of course. Will reporting like this affect those moves at all? What do you think the reaction is likely to be uh, in Beijing? Well, uh, it's none of Beijing's business. We have a free press and the whole point of us being in a liberal democracy is whether we like it or not, or whether the government likes it or not, the press can report as it considers appropriate. We can obviously have a debate about the appropriateness of the tone of some of these reports. And in fact, one of the concerns I have 
about the report and the tone and the headlines that it has adopted is that it has actually given sucker to uh, pro-Beijing forces to try and bury sober analysis about uh, potential China plans to invade Taiwan and what might happen to Australia in that event. So, I mean, when, when we talk about reporting of this nature and what impact it might have, it goes both ways. It's not obviously racism can be a concern, but it's also giving an, an, an excuse to pro-China voices uh, to try and shut this whole discussion down when the public really has a right to know what sorts of things we are uh, planning if there is an attack at some point without going into the sensationalism of a war with China in three years. Yun Zheng is an Australian Institute fellow of, uh, sorry, Australian Institute of International Affairs China Matters fellow and Kevin Yam is a Hong Kong lawyer and democracy activist now living in Melbourne. Thank you both. Thank Thank you.